Welcome to Higher Vision. Come on, you guys came after Christmas. Why don't you make some noise for yourself for getting to church on a Sunday morning? Come on. It's awesome. Come on, you guys have a good Christmas. Everybody have a great one with family and friends. This is what I love about Christmas, okay? I have two sons. They are six and seven years old, Xavier and Zion. And this is what I understand about Christmas, okay, is, you know, it's all about family and enjoying time together. But with the kids, it comes down to presents. And that's why everybody's over, right, to open up the presents. This is what my Christmas looks, uh, looked like this year. We traveled to El Paso, and um, it's where Desiree's family's at. And it was really crazy because there was all these gifts, and the boys opened them up, and they get they're superheroes and, and wrestlers, and it's, it's, it's crazy. It's pandemonium. And when it's all done, my job is to open up every gift and help them undo the twisty ties, put stuff together, make sure Iron Man's looking right when he's trying to walk. Oh, that's my job as the dad. And then for the rest of the day, this is what it's all about. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. That's Zion over here. Look at this. And so he's running over here doing his thing. And over here I have Xavier pulling on my arm. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Look, 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 look. Over here, look. It's all about seeing everything that's happening on Christmas with my kids. You need to see all the fights. You need to see what I'm wearing. Hey, you like my new shoes? They make me jump faster. They make me run faster. Everything's great. It's all about looking at what's happening with me on Christmas. They want to be seen. And what a great thing for parents to be able to see your kids, huh? What great memories we get to make. That's what I love about Christmas. It's all about seeing your kids, spending time with them, spending time with family. I hope yours was as awesome as mine. Mine was hectic and crazy, busy. You know, we stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning trying to finish putting all the stuff together so you don't have to do it on Christmas Day. It was nuts, but it was amazing. And thank you so much for coming here today. Like Pastor said, my name is Mark McGaff. I'm the student ministries pastor here uh, with the venue and also culture. So honored to be able to get to work with the next generation here at Higher Vision. I believe that God is doing something special here at Higher Vision Church with our young people. And I'm just honored to be a part of it. Today, for the sake of time, I want to jump right in if that's okay with you. If you have your Bible, would you turn to Mark 10? And we're going to start reading in verse 46. Mark 10, verse 46. I'm going to throw it up on the screens for you today as well. Mark 10, 46. I'm going to jump right in. It starts with saying this, they spent some time in Jericho as Jesus was leaving town, trailed by his disciples in a parade of people. A blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting alongside the road. When he heard that Jesus, was the, uh, that Jesus the Nazarene was passing by, he began to cry out, son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. Goes on to say, many tried to hush him up, but he yelled all the louder, son of David, Mercy, have mercy on me. Verse 49, Jesus stopped in his tracks and said, call him over. They called him over. He said, it's your lucky day. Get up. He's calling you to come. Throwing off his coat, he was on his feet at once and came to Jesus. Verse 51, Jesus said, what can I do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Verse 52, on your way, Jesus said, your faith has saved and healed you. In that very instant, he recovered his sight and then followed Jesus down the road. Would you pray with me today? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house, Lord. God, I ask today, God, that you would make me 
insignificant, Lord, so your voice could be significant. God, I ask that you would not let one person leave this room the same way they came in. God, show us something new about you today, Father. God, show us something new about who we can be when we're living in you and you and us. God, teach us, train us, mold us, shake us, break us down, build us up. God, we give you this moment. We give you this time. Our ears are open. Our hearts are ready to respond. In Jesus' name, all our friends would agree with that prayer this morning would say, Amen. 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 On this particular day, Jesus was passing through Jericho, one of the last places he was to go, one of his last stops before the final hour. And all of his ministry now at this point is coming to a head. He was going to be arrested and crucified. This is everything's coming to a head. And in now, we insert this character named Bartimaeus in Mark 10. What I find out about Scripture is that anytime Scripture stops to tell you someone's name, it means that person was a significant person, a significant man. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us the name of the, the woman that had the issues or the woman acting wild at the well. It doesn't give us a name there, but here it says his name was Bar Timaeus, son of Timaeus, which is really just a repetitive term. It means Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. So they're basically saying well, there's this blind guy, the son of Timaeus. You get it, the son of Timaeus. We're not really sure his name anymore, but we, we know he was the son of that guy, Timaeus. Timaeus' is kid. The author doesn't provide his name, only that he was a son of a man named Timaeus. Well, the, the name Timaeus means highly prized. So I gather from this, this passage that Bartimaeus, he was, he was the son of a highly prized man. Bart, I believe was supposed to be a somebody. He was supposed to do something important. You know, the scripture kind of has a lot of different themes in it, but one here that I, that I notice is that sometimes our condition that we're experienced, can, it can contradict your position, what it's supposed to be. So we have, we have Bartimaeus, the son of a highly prized man, but where was this father? What happened to Timaeus? Where was the father? Where, where did he go? How did he disappear in his life? It, he was a son of a man that was highly prized. His name carried significance. So I believe that Bartimaeus, Bart, as I'll call him this morning, was supposed to be someone significant. He was significant, but he couldn't be fixed. Uh, he was blind. He, you know, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't walk down to Walgreens and and get a prescription to fix his issue. You know, there, there wasn't a, a, a natural organic food diet that he could go on to fix his issue. He was significant, but he couldn't be fixed. Well, there wasn't a right relationship that he could get into in life that would fix his issue. Oh, Bartimaeus, he was a somebody. But he was a somebody that couldn't be fixed. There wasn't a cure. There wasn't a supplement. There wasn't a drug. There wasn't a magic potion that could make him right. There wasn't a natural diet. There was nothing that could be done to fix him. So, so Bartimaeus, Bart, he sits at the same corner listening to life pass him by. He hears the chatter, he hears the feet, he hears, he hears the busy streets, but all he can do is sit and listen. He can't participate. He's sitting and, and just listening. He's, o he's overlooked. He's unseen, forgotten. 
They don't even know his name anymore. He's just sitting on a corner. No one sees me. There's not a cure for me. There's no hope. It's just me, Bartimaeus. You know, what, what do we do in life then when there's something wrong? And you feel like nobody sees you. Nobody notices you. You're just being overlooked. What do you do when there's something wrong and there's just no fixing you? Hmm? The, 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 right, the, right, the right action couldn't fix it. The, the, what everyone told you to do wouldn't fix it. The right relationship didn't seem to get the fixing right. What do you do when there's just no fixing you? Well, just like you and I, we, I really believe that our life in Christ, that God has called us to be people that thrive, to live that abundant life. But when we don't feel like we're living that thrive type of life, we have one option. It's learn how to survive with the issue. I can't be fixed, so I have to learn how to survive. History tells us that he was blind from birth. And because of this, he was reduced to a life of begging. And now he's just known as that blind beggar from Jericho, named Bartimaeus. We don't even know his name. Bart had a really specific way of surviving. He uh, would sit on a corner and beg. Maybe he had a really obnoxiously large piece of fabric like I do to keep him warm. And he would just sit on a corner And say, alms, alms for Bartimaeus, alms, alms for Bartimaeus, alms, alms for Bartimaeus, alms. Alms for Bartimaeus. Alms. Alms for Bartimaeus. Alms. Alms for Bartimaeus. Alms. Alms for Bartimaeus. Alms for Bartimaeus. Alms. Alms for Bartimaeus. It was his life. It was his way of surviving. To sit at a corner and, and beg for something that could keep him living. You know, today... I think we're a lot more like blind Bartimaeus than we like to think. And already, you know, obviously today you might be saying, well, I got news for you, Mark. I got perfect sight. Well, maybe, maybe your sight is perfect physically, but maybe you don't have a vision for your life. Or maybe you don't have spiritual vision today. Say, well, well, I know I've never begged. I've never sat over on New Hall and, and just and asked for money. I've never begged anybody. 
But I think all of us have come to a point in life where there was just some things about us that couldn't be fixed. And so what do we do? We begin to ask, maybe you're not asking for, for alms. But maybe you're asking for donations. Anybody want to donate? Because my issue can't be fixed. Can someone give me an offering? Maybe to give me some comfort. What do you do when you have an issue that just can't seem to be fixed? We try to survive. We ask for alms. We, we ask for a contribution. Help me feel better. Can you give me something? It's interesting because I look back in my life, <laughs> my broken cup. It's interesting how many donations from people I accepted into my life that never fixed me. Never made it right, sometimes made it worse. I think I'm a lot more like the blind beggar from Jericho than I like to admit. Help me, fix me, give me comfort, do something. I mean, it could be anything, right? Just sitting back on a corner. Alms! Alms for Mark, donations! Somebody. Alms. Just an offering, please. Contribute, somebody. Help. Donations, please. Just these, just something. Donations, please. Donations, please. accept into our lives as donations. It could be anything. Well, it could be a false friendship. Come on, we could be accepting the lies of others trying to, to make us feel better to help us cope. It could be an addiction, be some kind of abuse. Maybe, maybe what you try to, get, try to get into your life to make you feel something is wealth or, or some type of money or some time of, of, of gain. What is it? It could, be a, it could be a lie. Maybe it's, you know what, I'm just going to take pride and maybe if I can have some pride. Or, or it could be a, a, anything. Maybe for you it's, I need to feel better. Maybe you just allow perversion to come in. I need something to give me comfort because all I can do is survive. There's no thriving from Mark, the blind beggar from Jericho. So he spent his whole life trying to just survive. This is who I am. This is what I'll always know. This is who I'll always be. 
Don't tell me I, can, I, I can't change. I can't change it. If I would, I would. I've tried everything. This is all there is for Mark, the blind beggar from Jericho. I'll just live off the donations of others. What a way to, to live life. This is who I've been. This is who I'll always be. Every day I'll just sit here on my corner in my life and listen. They just pass me by. But if they could just notice me, if they could just see me. You know, for blind Bart, every other day started out with him crying for alms to survive. Every other day, the same routine. Get to my corner, hold down my corner, and get something to help me survive. But, but this day was different because Bart heard of a man that might be passing through. You see, he had people pass through all the time. He had a lot of people, maybe important people, maybe people that society looked down on. But he had people passing by him every day. But today he heard there was a different kind of man that was going to pass him by. Every other day started with him asking for alms and crying out for, don for donations to survive. But he heard that a man named Jesus was about to pass him by. He's probably sitting back in his corner still, hearing more feet than usual. There's a larger crowd possibly, but still no one is noticing him and, and noticing or stopping by. For so long he had raised his voice for his issue. Help! Donations for the blind beggar and bought! For every day he, he raised his voice to his issue and cried out for his issue, comfort for my issue. We find out with Bart, maybe he understood something that day that whatever you raise your voice for, you'll always raise your voice to. But today, Bartimaeus, he knew that there was a different man coming. So he lifts up his voice like he had so many other days for offerings. But what was different is he didn't ask for donations today. He didn't say alms for blind Bartimaeus. Today he raised his voice like he had so many others and he had a different sentence. It wasn't help me survive. It was son of David. Have mercy on me. Son of David. Have mercy on me. On that moment, he begins to recognize his, his need for Jesus. By saying son of David, he's referring to Jesus as the long-awaited deliverer, the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. He's acknowledging that Jesus is the Christ, and he's asking for only something that Jesus could do. Watch this. There's only some things that Jesus can do in your life. Everyone else can try, but there's only some needs in your life that Jesus himself can come in and change and make a difference and deliver and break. He doesn't cry out. For donations, he cries out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And it's interesting how when you start to cry out to God, some of the people that sh should come beside you and cheer you on are actually coming up next to you like they did Bartimaeus, the disciples, and the people in the crowd are going, shh, hey, you're messing up our service. <laughs> Gosh, 
you think this is? Jesus is walking through here. Shh. <laughs> Interesting, right? You come to a point where you're done of staying where you're at. And so you cry out. And the people that are supposed to cheer you on and help you. Shh. You're annoying the world. We're playing oceans right now. Shh. Come on, y'all know that's your jam, right? Spirit, leave me. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, be quiet. Shut your mouth. Sit back down. Maybe the voice that tells you to be quiet is, shh, your voice doesn't matter anymore. Shh, your issue disqualifies you from having a voice. Shh, Jesus would never notice you. Shh, you're annoying the service. Shh, don't say anything. Your dreams will never come true. Shh, don't shout. Those walls in your life will never come down. Shh, be quiet. Just stay back. Just stay Quiet, and I just really believe that the time for, oh, I almost fell down. I really believe that the time for, for quiet Christianity has to be over. Come on, if you want to be free, it's time to let out your voice and say something. If someone's telling you to quiet down or something on the inside is trying to shut you up, say something because if you lose your voice, the prison doors will always stay shut. Paul and Silas, the waters will never part. Israel, the lame will stay at the gate. Peter and John, the city will lay in ruins, Isaiah. There's never a, such a time as this as for Mordecai to Esther. The Davids will never fight their Goliaths. Your family may never know God. Your school doesn't come into contact with the presence of God. Your voice, there is victory in your volume. Raise your voice again. Watch, God spoke the world into existence. Jesus told the waves to be still and said to tell the mountains to move. Friends, don't be quiet. Because understand, if the enemy can shut your mouth, he can shut up your voice. If he shuts up your voice, he gets your faith because faith is our believing and our speaking. If he can quiet your voice, then he's already conquered your spirit. Let your voice be heard. Other days, Bart may have let his intimidation that I'm a nobody, no one sees me, or his frustration that things will never work out for him, nothing has changed, or the trials and tribulations that it will never stop. Every other day, maybe he let it hold him, but today he decided to let his voice be heard. In Proverbs 6, 1 through 2, it talks about how we've been trapped with the words of your tongue. Friends, if you can be trapped by the words of your tongue, then you can also be freed by the words of your mouth. Son of David, have mercy on me. All these people had seen him before. They walked by him every day. But today, now they see him. He's got the attention of everyone now. But he's only looking for the attention of one. Son of David, have mercy on me. He came to a point where all he needed, all he wanted was Jesus. It wasn't a song. It wasn't a sermon. All I need right now is Jesus. I don't care how you look at me. I don't care. He's the answer to my confusion. He's the answer to my issue. He's the answer to my past. He's the answer for my present. And he's the answer for my future. He is the answer. And I don't care what they think anymore. And I won't. Let him 
me by. won't let him pass me by. It says they tried to hush him, but he got louder. I've tried that with my kids before on Christmas. Hey, shh, we're trying to take a nap. And it always gets louder. Same thing with Bart, right? Hey, shh, be quiet. Shh, Jesus is coming. It's like trying to tell a kid to be quiet when they think Santa's coming. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Jesus is coming. And he gets all the louder, Scripture says. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He could have just sat there and thrown himself a pity party. Right? He could have sat there and said, you know what? Everyone told me to be quiet, so it's time for me just to accept it how it's going to be. This is what life is going to be for Mark, the blind beggar from Jericho. This is how it will always be, I guess. But he refuses to have a, a pity party, and instead, he decides to go and have himself a little revolution instead. Quiet, quiet, and he gets louder and louder and louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. The scripture tells us that Jesus then stops in his tracks. Which is interesting because the right when Jesus was put into ministry, baptized, he was on a mission doing the things that, that the Father told him to do. I, I imagine him just always going to the next thing, what God had him do, whether it would be sit down and have lunch or go heal somebody. Jesus was always moving. And this day he was moving on his way to the final portion of his ministry and he stopped. Every other day people heard him, but today Jesus heard Bart. He stops in his tracks. It might have got on the disciples' nerves, but it got Jesus to take a look. And Jesus stops in his tracks, and Bart has spent his whole life being overlooked and unseen, but Jesus sees him. And today, I often wonder, how could Jesus see a guy like me? Oh, because he knows. He knows the stuff that you don't know. He knows that I, I don't have it figured out. Come on. He knows what's really going on in here sometimes. He knows. But yet, how could he see someone like me? I think it's a question that kind of messes us up sometimes. It's why we are maybe hesitant to come back into church. How could I go back into church when... I'm someone like me. How could, I, how could I go worship again because I'm someone like me? How could, I, how could he look and see someone like me? Come on, he could have been walking that street and gone to all the church leaders. He could have just been talking to the disciples. He could have went to the, the worship team. He could have went to other people, but he chooses to look at Bartimaeus. He sees me despite my issue. He sees me despite my past. He still sees me despite my present. He sees me, and he sees you. Come on, maybe you can't see everything like blind Bartimaeus, but Jesus sees everything. He sees everything that you can't say. 
Come on, he sees everything you can't find words to explain. Come on, he sees everything you could have been, would have been. He sees the dreams that are alive. He sees the, the dreams that have gone dormant. Maybe the dreams that you believe have died. He sees it all. He, he sees the, the heart broken. He sees the promises. He sees the disappointment. He sees the hurts. He sees the rejection. He sees, he, he sees you. He saw Bartimaeus that day too. He saw him. He could have overlooked him and passed him by, but no, he, he sees him and says, bring him bring him to me. Scripture tells us that Bartimaeus throws off his jacket, leaves it all behind, and he runs. He runs to Jesus. And Jesus asks him, he says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus saw his issue, but he asked him, what do you want from me? I think that's an interesting question. Sometimes Jesus asks some interesting questions. But Bartimaeus could have given him any answer. He could have said, you know what I need is a new cup. Mine's busted. Or he could also give me a bat for that dude that was stealing my money. He could have asked him for anything, yeah? He could have asked him, you know what, if you could give me a no limits credit card right now, I wouldn't need to be asking people for money no more. I could just survive. And be fine. He could have asked for anything. He said, you know what I could use right now? A burrito from Chipotle. That's what I need right now. I need a little steak and guacamole in my life. Jesus, help me. <laughs> yeah, that's real life for some of us. Like, come on. Yes. I need those chips right now. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, but he asked him, he says, what, what can I do for you, Bart? And Bart takes it to the deepest thing he could think of. Would you change me? Would you heal my issue? I don't, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want a, I don't want five dollars or a Burger King gift card. Would you change me? Well, so many times I would come into church as a, as a teenager. And I would ask God for the moment for him to give me something for just that second. What would happen if we had a different mindset? God, don't just help me survive this moment. God, change me so I can thrive again. God, I'm tired of the issue. I'm tired of the thing that's been holding. I'm tired of this thing that keeps dogging me every day. Would you change me from who I've been? God, change the thing that people say can't be changed. God, change what no potion can change. God, change what no medical treatment can change. God, change me. Change me. I'm done living like this. God, would you just change me? He goes to his deepest need and that's Jesus to heal his sight. And Jesus says, your faith has healed you. I love it. I love it because the Father has the power to declare identity in your life. Maybe you've been known as one thing, but all you need is a moment with him where he says, your faith has healed you. You're no longer blind, Mark, from Jericho. Your faith has healed you. This is the whole thing for the whole day. He has the power to help you move forward. His power, through his power, he wants to redefine you. See, for some of us, we felt like 2015 was just, we're just making it to 2016, right? 
Like if I can get this year over, praise God. If I can just get my family to 2016 and get this year done, we can get a fresh start. Maybe you feel like this last year has been setback after setback. Come on, maybe with your kids. Come on, maybe with finances, maybe with health, whatever. Just a setback. It's like if I could just get a break, I could stop having these setbacks. I just want you to, to, to hear this today. You may be experiencing major setback after setback, but with a moment like that with Jesus where you say, change me, you may have had a setback, but 2016 is going to be the year of your comeback, man. It's going to be a total different thing. You're going to break out and go forward. Why? Because you're not saying, Jesus, help me survive. You're saying, Jesus, change me. Change my situation. It's time to, to thrive again. It's time to get up from the street corner of your life with the power of God. Move forward. Say, well, you don't know me. You're right. I probably don't. My situation is impossible. But that's your opinion. Because his situation was impossible. I have news for you today, friend. If he can do it for blind Bart, he can do it for you. Doesn't matter what it looks like. He can do it for you. We don't know what my, what my kid looks like. He's acting wild. It might seem impossible to you, but God has the final word in his life. And if he can do it for blind Bart, he can do it for you. Come on, someone say he's turning it around. Come on, say he's turning it around. He's about to turn it around in 2016. He's going to turn it around. Come on, for some of us, we've been praying for that, for that young person in our life, your son, your daughter. It's time to start declaring, God, you're about to turn this thing around. I'm not giving up. You're going to turn it around. Come on, this year in your life, let it be the year of the comeback. I'm turning this thing around. For some of us, we're called to God for all these reasons. I used to call out to God because he was my, my parents' God. I would, I, would, I would refer to him like they did. But some of us, we need to get our own realization of who God is in our life. This year, some of we need God to be our protector. Amen. Come on, God, we just protect my family this year. I need you to step in and be that, that type of father in my life. For some of us, hey, we need God to be our financial advisor in 2016. Come on, somebody. We just come in and help me get through this this year. We, we might need him, but here's the whole thing. It may be impossible for you, but let him come in and with his power take you to the next level. He's turning it around. Come on, I say, well, it's already over. There's no hope. You don't know what it's like. Let me tell you this, it's not over if he's in it. Come on, freedom can pass you by. Just like it did for, for blind Bart. Just like it did for the woman at the well. She saw Jesus passing by. Jesus means freedom for, for all of us. And we have to understand that sometimes he's just passing you by. For so many of us, like when I grew up, it was all about here, Jesus, Jesus, just something. Give me something. I need, I need, I, if I could just get a prophecy or something, someone just say something to me. Instead of crying out for him to change who you are, where you're at, and where you're going. If you would this morning, would you bow your head and close your eyes as we shut this thing down? today if he can turn blindness into sight does he have the power to turn your issue around today he healed the blind man his old life behind him he walked from the familiar to the unfamiliar he went from the ordinary to the extraordinary he was 
after he was healed, he followed Jesus. Now that I have a new heart and nature, he decided he wants to follow Jesus. He gets up, follows Jesus to, to Jerusalem and was never the same again. He truly is that old song that says, I was blind, but now I see. Jesus saw him that day and he sees you. And this morning he's passing you by. For some of you today, this could be your moment where he redefines you, where he redefines your life. Scripture tells us that for, it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And there was nothing joyful about the cross. There was nothing joyful about what he was going to experience. But what I believe was joyful is he saw you. And that was the joy. No matter what your past is, no matter what your present, no matter what it looks like today, he can redefine you. In just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to start that journey with him. It's not a life of surviving. Does that mean everything will be perfect? Absolutely not. But you have this loving father walking beside you, picking you up, helping you walk again. Maybe you thought that, that God was mad at you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He sees you. He knows you. And what he would give for you to know him 